When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Leaf Sky, episode number 53. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Jim Taddy with you for the next, I'm going to say, 30 minutes or so. We have a lengthy and nice conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. It's grade time. We're going to grade the Leafs forwards, defense, goaltending, and front office over the course of the offseason. I think you'll be fascinated with that conversation. Before we get there, we have to have this conversation. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season. Receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard correctly. Everything that I have said can be verified. It is accurate. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more in any week one game. Head the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big winner with the same game parlays. Hmm, that's intriguing. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. What is it? THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 on any week one game. That's the promo code. What is it? THPN. Thank you. THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. So here we go to the hockey story, and obviously it's been quiet, so I thought I would take this opportunity to get the best in the business. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun to go over the forwards, defense, goaltending, and front office over the course of the offseason. It's an intriguing conversation. Let's listen to it. All right, Terry, let's start this grading system, and let's go, I think, to the safest spot on the hockey team, the blue line, the defense. What's your grade and what they've done there? Well, what they've done, just the off-season moves, Jim. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to give a grade because they really haven't. I think we know that the top six coming back is going to be the same as it was when the season ended, more or less, with, of course, the uh, the loss of Zach Bogosian. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I guess, you know, you sign some depth people in Biega and Dahlstrom that you hope, uh, uh, you know, can add that six or seven, eight guy, I suppose. Uh, there's still Timothy Lilligren. This is a hard one because, again, they really haven't done anything. I don't know, maybe a B, I suppose, because you knew you weren't going to do anything with that top group anyway, right? Yeah. You know, I know there was the idea, well, let's trade Morgan Riley before, you know, the last season of his contract kicks in. That hasn't happened. I don't think there was ever much of a chance that was going to happen. So, I, and, and I'm fine with that. I don't think that that was something that the Leafs should have done. But, uh, you know, really, as you and I have discussed, I mean, it's it's – it's where we expected the least amount of, of movement on the club going into the off season. And uh, that's what's happened. So, um, you know, I, I like the group. I like the group. I like the way it played last year overall. Uh, the fingers crossed element here is injuries as in you hope you don't get any, because if you do, then that we've seen in the past that maybe there's a bit of a, uh, you know, the, the bottom might fall out of it here, but uh, we'll see. I mean, the, like I said, the, when you're signing guys like Big and Dahlstrom, you're not, you know, uh, creating huge ripples or anything. But, uh, you know, uh, the top six, I think, is a formidable top six going into the season. Yeah, a couple things out of that. I mean, Muzzin seems to come up with a, not his fault, of course, but seems to get hit with an, an untimely injury yeah. uh, where there doesn't seem to be the proper backfill. Uh, so that's one area of concern for me. And the other is the Morgan Riley situation. We're going to talk pretty well every time we do a podcast here about the uh, the lack of stability with that. And, and I guess I would, uh, you know, it's not on the defense, but uh, certainly when we get to the front office, I think something should have been done there. And I don't know how that plays out. This, this roster is full of um, developing stories and the blue line is probably the least of that, but there still is the developing story of Morgan Riley um, injury replacement um, and, and no Bogosian, right? Right. Yeah. I will say that though. Maybe, maybe a mark, some comes off the mark on the B that I'm talking about because one thing Dubas did say to us earlier on, Jim, in the, in the off season before free and everything happened was trying to get Bogosian type defenseman as part of your depth again, with the idea that they were going to lose him, which they did. Well, they didn't get that guy. Right. So you don't have that element now, no matter what you thought of Zach Bogosian last year. And I thought he was fine. He did bring an element that the Leafs don't have in spades uh, on the, on the, on the back end. Jake Muzzin, of course, brings it, um, but you need more of it perhaps in your bottom half. And you're not going to get that approach in Sandine Dermott, Justin Hall, these types of guys. It's not, and uh, that's, they are missing that. But as far as Morgan Riley goes, you know what? Um, I look at it similar to how what, what happened last year with Zach Hyman and how that played out and the idea that, you know, no matter what, they were going to keep him and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may once free and see happen. We all know what did happen there in the end. But uh, I think the view of the, the team is you're going to need Morgan Riley to be one of your people, one of your important people for a long playoff run, a strong playoff run. And uh, again, you hope their injuries don't occur and that sort of thing, but he's just too valuable a player to trade right now. Because the other thing is too, is you don't have, if you were going to do that, decide to go that way and, you know, cut your losses, I guess, you didn't have anybody coming in to replace him. You just don't No, that, that person on your, on your top four. So I think he's going to be a vital member this year. And as far as where his contract situation goes, uh, whether it's through the season or you know into next into the the off season next year, they they can't let that be a worry. And the good thing about the Morgan Riley too is Jim is that you know you come to know him over the years like we have, and I don't think it's going to impact the way he plays contract talk or whether we're bucking him about him or not. I just don't think it's going to have any issue, just like it didn't with Zach Hyman. Hyman put it over here mentally, 
went out and had a great season. Well, I mean, quite frankly, uh, in both cases, they're going to get their money. The question is, what city will it be in? And so I, I guess the ultimate question here is, did the Leafs miss an opportunity, a window, to give him an extension that would have kicked in starting next year, like some of the other defensemen in the league got? Well, I don't know if they missed it, but they, I guess maybe they, maybe they have in a sense. But then the other part of it, too, is, you know, they've, they just have to be a lot more careful with where they're uh, with what they're doing financially. Because when, like we've talked about, when you're committing the money to – 41 million to four players, then it doesn't give you much middle room in other places where people are going to deserve to have a raise. And as we know, Jim, it's not just Morgan Wiley next year. Jack Campbell's going to be looking for some, uh, for some uh, bigger wallet as well. So, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know if there's, if there's, if there's, I don't, I don't think that window is closed necessarily because you can still resign him at some point here and that could still happen. But, uh, you know, maybe the window isn't as, as wide open as it was, uh, you know, within the past couple of months. So um, as we sit here in late August talking about the Leafs blue line uh, and, we're, and we're working on a grade, uh, is it better or worse than, than the blue line that finished the season? Well, it's probably it, a little bit comes off it because you don't have that element of Bogosian now in, in the second, in the bottom half of it. Yeah. But having said that, I don't think it's a bad group, like I've said, right? Yeah. So, but you mean you want that and, and we'll, we'll see, maybe, Maybe maybe we're, I'm making too much of it, and, and the Leafs going into the offseason were making too much of it. They wanted to get a guy to replace Bogosian. Perhaps Sandine just steps in and, and, and becomes something even better than what we're probably expecting out of him as he, as he continues his growth as defenseman. Yeah. And Travis Dermott might take a next step that we haven't anticipated yet. So, um, you know, we're not sure. I know that these are a lot of hypotheticals, but uh, um, as I said, I like the defense group. But the, the the caveat is they can't afford an injury, and perhaps that's not a good thing if you uh, if you're looking at the depth options. Here. Yeah. So you know, again, it's uh, like I've said before. There's a lot of this roster that's a developing story, and to a lesser extent, it's on the blue line. So you're going to give them a B. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm going to give them a B as well. I, I think yeah. there's some stuff there that I'm not too concerned about the gaps there. And, and, I, and I, you know, we don't know exactly how Sandine would project over a full season and others as well. So I'm okay with the blue line. Um, let's go to the goaltending. Uh, and, and I think there are some question marks here, but I'm not really that concerned about them. How about you? I would agree with that uh, because uh... – I, I don't I don't see Jack Campbell as a flash in the pan last year, and that's the peak of what he's going to do in the NHL. Now, you know, can he do it over 50-plus games is the question. I think he'll be able to if he stays healthy. I just think he has, seems to have that pedigree in him. And, uh, you know, uh, Peter Mrazek, uh there were, what, maybe 10 or 12 goalies on the market that legitimately you thought would have an opportunity because, you know, there are a lot of moving parts there. Who are the Leafs going to wind up getting? Uh, we knew on July 28th quite early that their guy in mind, that the guy they had in mind was Mrazek, because that was, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a month now, but one of the first signings that was announced, one of the first that was rumored. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, again, uh, you know, if these two can stay healthy and they both have had the injury troubles, I, I, I think it should be okay. I mean, you know, Mrazek's a guy who, uh, very limited time last year in Carolina, but, but played well when he did. Um and Campbell just seems ready for this next step anyway. And I still see Campbell going in as the number one guy. I know yeah. we're talking about tandem and duo and all that sort of thing. And, and yes, you know, you're going to, you're not going to have a, you're not going to look at Jack Campbell and say, go start 65 games for us. I understand that. Um, so Peter Mazzuc, I'm guessing we'll get about 25 to 30 starts, but uh, I, I, I just like what Campbell did last year. And I, I see it more as a springboard to something better rather than, 
uh, um, a peak of, of what he was able to do in his career and then a step back now. And again, he's going into a career like the, the uh, like we talked about, the contract season. And, you know, I, I don't think that it'll necessarily impact him. One thing you'd like to see out of Campbell Jim going forward now, and maybe we'll see that through camp a bit and once the regular season gets going in October, but just a little more, um, uh, you know, a little more of ability to deflect things off himself and not just take it all in and all that yeah. sort of thing. I think that's going to be important for a guy who's going to be asked to do a lot more in that. But, uh, you know, given what was out there and everything, I, I, the time was right to move on from Freddie Anderson. You had to do that. I don't think there's any question there. I think probably both sides were, uh, were, uh, you know, ready to move on. And we saw that that happened. So, um, Razak and Campbell is a good veteran duo, um, but now they just have to go and, uh, you know, prove all of us who think it's a good duo correctly. Yeah. What I like about it is, uh, especially for Jack Campbell, it's, uh, you know, you're, he's going to earn his money. So it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's open competition there. So you do well, you'll get rewarded. If you don't do well, then, then, uh, you know, they're going to have to go their own separate ways. But I, I think you should have an element of that somewhere in your roster. And, and it's uh, for the goalies. Uh, that's where it is. And Mrazic's locked up for three years. So, I mean, I, I think his track record tells you what he's going to give you. Solid goaltending in a tandem. Um, and, and for Jack, the opportunity is there to, to go for the brass ring. And if you get it, you're rewarded. If not, that's it. Yeah, no, I, and again, like I said, I, I just uh, – and just the way he played too, there's, uh, you know, there's a confidence in him last year. and there's no reason for it to not carry over. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I know that, you know, the Leafs had this interesting thing with Dusty Emu and, and, and you know, hiring him and, and then, you know, having him depart the organization quite quickly when they did some background work. And of course, you know, the relationship that Campbell had with Dusty Emu, we all know about that when he's able to work with the Marley's people, but you know, I don't think that'll be an issue going forward for Campbell and uh, you know, come back and do the things that you did. I mean, we know how popular he is in the room, Jim. He's going to get the full support of his teammates every night. They love playing in front of him. There's no doubt about that. And so, what would you what would you give the goalies? Is that a is that a B plus? Yeah, B to a B to a B plus, I think. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, and again, like the defense in, in spots, it's a developing situation, which I think is a good thing to have in your hockey team. That you mm-hmm. you don't know where it can go, but you're positive about where it can go. There's no real major concern there. So let's go to the forwards, where it was. Uh, with all due respect, everybody, it was a yard sale uh, in terms of collecting left wingers and, and depth forwards, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you know what? Uh, a lot of question marks because you just don't know how these things are going to work. Will Nick Ritchie be the guy to play with Matthews and Marner throughout the season? Um, you know, what do you do with some of these other depth players that you've got? Uh, where does Michael Bunting fit in? Comp, uh, I'm assuming it's your third line center. Um, Andre Kasha, where does he fit in? There's there's not a lot, a lot like you said, there are a lot of movement. Bit of a yard sale, though, like it's a good way to put it because you don't know yet where these pieces are going to go. There's no definitive signing that says, okay, we know for sure that the player X is going to play with these two forwards with Tavares and Nylander all season long. And, and we know that that's going to happen. We know it's going to work. They're going to have to do some experimenting. And I, you know what? I, I think a guy like Alex Kerfoot, who you know, I thought for a while, Jim, we, we all did that maybe would be the guy to move out uh, almost looking at this as a really good opportunity now uh, to prove his worth, perhaps on the left wing on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. But as far as the guys that they brought in, um, you know, on paper right now, at the end of August, there's some intriguing uh, possibilities here. The fact is you just don't know because you're going to be putting people into positions or into spots or opportunities 
they haven't necessarily had in their career. Michael Bunting's played 26 games in the NHL. Yeah. We don't know what he's going to bring. We, we really have no idea. You have an idea. I mean, you know what kind of style he plays and all that sort of thing. Reds, I mean, over the long haul of an 82-game season, you know, how sustainable are these things for him? You know, he had a really good shooting percentage last year in Arizona. Is that sustainable? Probably not. But, you know, you're going to be asking Nick Ritchie to probably play some types of minutes he hasn't had it many times in the National Hockey League in his career. But again, still a young guy and uh, opportunity for growth there. But when you knew going in that you weren't going to be changing or you said you weren't going to change the core and then you, you didn't, uh, this is what you're dealing with after is, you know, um, some, again, I, I used cross fingers before uh, to, to describe the defense and how you don't want to have any injuries. I think you're doing it now too with some of these people and where you're going to be slotting them in it forward. Because you don't know. You can't sit, you, if you're a member of the least front office right now, you can't say for sure that all of these things are going to work out the way that you have them on paper. There's going to be parts moving around and it's going to be on Sheldon Keefe and the, and the staff to uh, ensure they get it right. Certainly uh, through camp and for the first bit of the season. Yeah. My, my concern up front is, um, uh, and it sounds disrespectful, but there's a lot of double talk uh, when, when people are described. And so when mm -hmm. bunting was added, um, he was slotted in at a certain role and then, Within a day, somebody else was slotted in in that role. Um, going back even before that, uh, when we talked about Alex Kerfoot, uh, the team would indicate that he was going to um, move up on the left side or, or play at center. And almost as soon as that was said, somebody else was brought in who was going to play on the left side. They've added a center from Chicago who's uh, well-regarded, uh, but he's not going to score, according yeah. to all the starting reports. And that, to me, they've, they've, everybody's talking about him as a third-line center. That, to me, is a fourth-line center. So there's a lot of mixed messages about who's doing what. I, I like the element of developing, as I said, on, on other segments of the team, but there's almost too much of it here. Well, that's just it. And, you know, you know when you have a, a – when we're pen, if we're going to pencil in David Kampf as your third-line center, you're right. The offensive thrust just isn't there, and you don't want to get to that point in your lineup by the, at, at the third line. No, you, you know you certainly don't. And you know, where does the guy like Gillian Mikheyev fit into this, right? Yeah. If, if is he going to be on that third line, and you know, I don't know where his confidence is going to be going into the regular season, but there's got to be a time when we stop talking about the opportunity, scoring opportunities and chances this guy is missing because it's happened a lot in the past two years, right? And yeah. he came back from the injury. You know, played last summer, couldn't really score. And then, you know, this this past season, uh, it seemed more often than not, we were talking about things that Mikheyev, how he wasn't able to finish the one he was. So if you have that element on the third line too, and you're playing with a center who doesn't necessarily, you know, produce a heck of a lot points-wise, I don't know, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't, that, 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 that won't bear out well through the rest of the regular season. Um you know, then you have on the fourth line, you have a guy like Jason Spezza, who, as we saw saw last season, certainly still has that element in his game and that hasn't really waned at all, given the minutes he's playing and his ability to, to not only score, but to set up others as well. So it's, uh, yeah, like, you know, I know what you're getting at, too, about the whole idea of, okay, well, we signed this guy, here's where we're going to go. Well, actually, now we've got Nick Ritchie, he's going to go there. And you know what, we're not going to put one of these other new guys in the second line. Maybe we'll put Alex Kerfoot there because we have a center spot taken now by David Compton, the third line, there's still a lot for, for them to figure out. And I, I will say this, I mean, just getting away from the additions that they've made, we know what they have, what they had. And yep. what they've got going forward. We know what they have in the regular season. They have yep. the best pure goal scorer in the game right now. Who did it apparently on a bad wrist. And, you know, it's going to have that fixed by the time, you know, camp end of camp ends and, and it will be good to go. Mitch Marner is Mitch Marner. You know, you're, 
the effort is always going to be there with Tavares. So you've got Nylander too. I mean, I think he's ready to take another step, but um, you know, if you, if you've invested $41 million in four players, what you're also saying is to them is we're going to, we, we're going to have to acquire other people at other points who maybe haven't done played in these places in their career. It's on you to help make that work. It's not just on the guys they're bringing in. That's right. right. Yeah. So, and that, that's going to be a part of it as well. I mean, I would like to think you're making 10, 11 million dollars. You're the complete package that way. It's not just what you do, but how you make others around you better. And I think there's going to have to be some of that responsibility falling on that top four this season. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, we could talk all we want about um, who's playing on on the left side of what line, yeah. but it's it's the it's the big four that actually are are going to have to carry this team, and and everybody else is going to have to support them. But but clearly, it's on it's on the big four. Um, here's my problem when I when I look at uh, the lineup now, the forward unit. Uh, I come up with this: they either have two number one lines or two number two lines, and they've got two number four lines. I don't like the definition. It's not it's not like when you go to a stand. Stanley Cup winning team, there's clear definition about how the lines play off each other and how they support them. This is, um, you know, there's obviously the big four. Uh, there's a nice top end to it. Uh, I don't see a middle. I see a bottom. It, it doesn't It doesn't really make sense to me how this is constructed. Well, I'm a little, I, I think I get, I'm a little more acceptable of the top of your top two lines. When you've got Matthews and Marner, they're your top line, period, going forward. And I, I just like... You know, I, I, I like the, the one-two punch for sure with Matthews and Tavares. And again, I think Nylander's capable of more this year. But again, you um, you look around the NHL and there are teams that have definitive fourth lines. You know what they're going to bring every night. Um, but with at least the, the bottom six, you don't know right now. And you don't know. You could say, okay, well, we think David Kampf is going to be our third-line center, but you don't know that for sure. I mean, at least love what his capabilities are defensively. But again, are you, are you looking at something like that and saying, well – if he's not going to produce much, is that more of a, of a fourth line thing? I understand what you're saying. These questions are ones that you necessarily shouldn't have right now, but you do. Yeah. Uh, where, where does Wayne Simmons fit in all this, right? Uh, right. Curtis, Curtis Gabriel. I mean, Pierre Engvall is probably looking at it going and say, hey, wait a minute. You know, am I part of this going forward or not? I mean, perhaps he's a guy that gets moved out even to save a bit of money. Because I think the Leafs are going to have to get a bit of cash from somewhere if they want to uh, – you know, have a bit of room under the cap in the season like Kyle Davis said he's wanted to. So, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting, Jim. I mean, Nick Robertson as well, a guy who's looking at this at home in California, unless yep. he's back in front of him, he could be saying, hey, I plan to be a factor here somewhere. Don't count me out. So there are, there are, it's encouragement that way that you know that there's going to be people trying to make that sort of impact, but um, there's a lot not set in stone. And I, I understand what you're saying about, you know, I think at this point you should at least have a fairly good idea of what those that bottom six is going to look like. I guess you do in a sense. You just don't know how they're going to line up, and then what impact each line is going to make once they do line up. But I, I'm good with the top the top two lines. You know, again, we're not sure how Richie fits in. Is Kerfoot the guy on the left with Tavares? We'll see. But I, I just like that when you can throw out Matthews and then Tavares comes right out after him. I think you're in a good spot to start. Okay, so what kind of a grade would you give the forward unit as it stands right now? uh b plus maybe yeah in a wacky sort of way well yeah because i mean if you're if you're just looking at what matthews and marner during the regular season then it's an a right but the the fact well guess what it's it's a 12-man group up there you can't just grade it on on what certain people do it's got to be the whole and right now with these question marks you don't know what it's going to be for sure 
I, yeah. there's potential there. Don't get me wrong. I think it's, I think in the long run they should be okay, but it's just going to matter of, of making everything work. And you know what we saw last year, we've discussed this. What you start with is not how you're going to have finished. Joe Thornton and Jimmy VC were in the top six last year to start. Yeah. One of them was gone quickly. And the other one by the end of the season was making no impact. So, um, you know, I don't think that's going to happen with this group. I think it's going to be more moving around and, and, and all that sort of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go much higher than that right now. You have to see how it plays out. And again, you know what? If you're gonna if you go on just the off season, maybe it comes a little bit lower than that because the best forward involved in all this is the guy they lost in Zach Hyman. They don't right. Him, right? No, no, you don't. Nope. No. Um, okay, That's let's 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 go to the front office now. Um, so just to recap, uh, the Zach Hyman situation cost them. Um, Having said that, I, I don't think that the Leafs were interested in signing him long-term, which I would agree with. Uh, they've done a yard sell to replace him. Blue line, a minimal loss. Uh, it, it looks good. The goalies uh, we, we liked, um, uh, but the Morgan Riley situation would also weigh the front office down. How would you grade what the front office has done over the last two months? I'd give them a B. Yeah. Because I, 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 as, much as, as much as I'm sitting here saying, well, we don't know how it's going to work out, there's some potential here. There is. You know what? And I, and I think that, the, you know, the, the Leafs have did their homework on this. I mean, you know, are some of these guys, are some of these players people who were not uh, offered contracts by their teams? Yes, they were. So they were all set free in that regard. But uh, I, I, I just think that, you know, um, uh, you're looking at the roster saying, well, could it be a little more thick up front? Well, yeah, it could be. But I, I just, right now, I, I like the moves that they've made. I think, you know, Nick Ritchie's a guy you can take, um, advantage of that and they need that sort of element they needed that up front what he can bring to to the team and uh you know as much as i can say well michael bunting's only played 20 plus games in the nhl i mean this could be you know him getting past that edge now and going and doing really good things so i, I think that at least potentially they've given themselves the opportunity to grow there but we just have to see how it works and when you knew going in jim as, as kyle dubas did that you weren't going to do anything um earth shattering because you'd said we're, and as soon as you say we're not trading the core the core is going to stay the same you know zach hyman's the only guy that leaves it um you don't have the the flexibility to do it to to do many things addition wise but um in an earth shattering way they didn't do it but I, I still do like the things that they've done and you know um you know we'll have to see how it all plays out but uh they're certainly not you know, I don't think they put themselves in a spot where they're going to be fighting tooth and nail for a wild card. I still like them as a top three team in, in the uh, in the division. And you know what? I, there's some depth there too. There's you know we're talking like I said earlier, talking about some of these players who are going to be hungry now. The Engvalls, the Robertsons, these guys who are maybe not are penciled in your top twelve right now. They're going to want to come in and make an impact. So um, I, I think I think I like what they've done in the off season. Given, given, yeah. the, given, given the constraints that Dubas was working under, self-imposed as they were. I, I think they put themselves in a position to, to do well. Uh, and, you know, just rating on, on what they did over the summer, I would give them a B as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the ultimate test for me is moving forward is during the course of the regular season when some of these parts 
don't function the way you wanted them to, what will they do about it? That is, that is the big question. I mean, there's, and there's a lot of them up front. You said Mikheyev earlier. I mean, this is, a, this is a, an intriguing hockey player who has everything, the, the, the full toolbox, but sometimes you don't see all the tools working. And so you know, my question would be how much runway does this guy have? The Engvall's another guy and, and that open audition on the left side of those top two lines. I mean, how much patience can you have here and what will you do about it if we're talking about the mid-December things don't look well well that's going to be the big question you, know, you got a guy like mkf2 is also going into a ufa season right yeah so there's going to be i'll be curious to see how he handles the heat of trying to you know be a good player for the lease and there's a lot of good tools there i think while trying to uh you know increase his value potentially on the open market a year from now so but that, that what you're talking about that's going to come back to the coaching staff the abilities of the coaching staff and and how they see players slotting in and, and the moves that that uh, you know Sheldon Keith has to make. Now last year, you know there were some there were some uh, things that he had to do, but overall the Leafs you know got through it quite well injury wise. There weren't you know a lot of things that they really uh, uh, you know hampered what they wanted to do. We saw the rainy season that they had, so um, a lot of that's going to be in the staff to make it work because there's not going to be a lot of wriggle room as we're seeing uh, contract wise and everything and who you can move in and move out this for for better for worse will be your team going forward and if you're seeing things you don't like from the eyes of sheldon keith it's going to be on you to make those things work and move players in and out again like it is with any ever every other team quite frankly but uh you know um i think when the when the pressures are on the leash gym to get this right this year and i think the front office we're talking about the front office and all that sort of thing they're under it's they're under the gun here there's no doubt they have to, this has to work for them this year uh, they've gone in a few different directions in the past few years, and it hasn't. And uh, I think there's uh, going to be a lot of pressure to ensure that this happens. And certainly, the line between Kyle Dubas and uh, Sheldon Keith will be key story will be open, and uh, you know, quite uh, busy, I would think. So let's close on this, Terry. Um, we've got four parts of the team rated. The collect Bs and B pluses should have been an A in there somewhere, right? Should there be an A in there? There should have been. You think so? Yeah, well, I, not 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 on what not on what they've done or how we how, you know our ratings are correct. I'm yeah. just a little disappointed that this team doesn't have an A in those four groups. Well, I guess that's true, but you know, go do something in the playoffs, you'll start getting A's. True enough. So this yep. is this is and this is the this is the thing I come back to with this team is you know, and again, it's going to be a weird season, I think, Jim, just for watching because a lot of your what we're going to be seeing in the regular season now is how much belief can we have in this? We're not going to be able to put a ton in it until the, what we start seeing in the playoffs because yep. we just saw what just happened. So, you know, a team that, you know, had a regular season like they did, of course, you're going to give them a different grade on May 15th uh, this past spring than what you did on June 1st, uh, with the way things turned out. But, you know, both would be apt. They failed miserably in the playoffs. That shouldn't happen. Not with the, not with the group they had, but. We'll have to see. So no, there there shouldn't be an A for this group. And is that a concern? I, I guess, but you know, like I say, you you gotta earn your stripes a bit when it counts. And this group hasn't done that yet. Last minute of play in this podcast. Okay, thank you, Mike Ross. That means we are on a limited time budget here. So let's play yes guy, no guy with the ratings, the grades of the four components of the team. 
forwards, defense, goaltender, and front office. Bs and B pluses. Had to be an A in there. There was not. And because there is no A in any rating so far, I have to say no guy to where the Leafs are at this particular time. This should be a yes guy. We should be looking forward to an extended run, deep run in the playoffs, but we are not. We're at a negotiable stage trying to figure out what exactly the Leafs have, and because of that, this is a no guy. Hope you enjoyed Episode 53. I hope you come back next week for Episode 54 of Leafs Guy.